Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. It's been a while because I have been at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival where I met the fantastic Jay Lafferty and very excitingly got her to be a guest on this show. Jay is a brilliant Scottish stand-up comedian, writer and producer whose show this year, Bahuki, was about turning 40 and learning to pole dance. It's a great show. I fangirl about the show cringingly and constantly during this episode but it really is great if it goes on tour do see it it's such a fun hour and it really just brought together so many of the things I love about pole dancing um as well as stand-up which is what we talk about in this episode um so me and Jay actually met at the beginning of the fringe where we established that her show is about joy and mine was about dread so even though they were both pole comedy shows they were pretty different but in this conversation we found out that we ran into um, a lot of similar things while trying to put pole and stand-up comedy together specifically a lot of people saying that it wouldn't work which because we're both stubborn and obnoxious was just the engine to want to do it more (laughs) despite in Jay's case broken ribs um so many injuries um but it really was worth it and it's a pleasure talking to her about how it all came together and where it came from uh we recorded this at Monkey Barrel Studios at the very end of the festival so we are a bit broken sorry about that also I was so excited to meet someone I could finally talk to about this um and I'd had so much coffee that I just chatter endlessly so sorry about that but I was really stoked. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can support us on Patreon. That's going to be changing in a little bit, but uh, in the meantime, you can find us at patreon.com slash poll the other one. But keep an eye on my mailing list for updates about other things. That's on my website, shandoxy.com. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Poll the Other One. Today I'm talking to pole dancing stand-up comedian Jay Lafferty. Hello. Hello. Um, Jay, you have just finished a whole fringe run of your pole show. Well, stand-up comedy pole dancing show. Oh my god, where are my words? <laughs> Bahuki. Um, and it's been an amazing success. How do you feel? Uh, tired. <laughs> I feel really tired. Um, yeah, no, it's been, yeah, it's been great. It's been in Fringe. Both of us can't remember how to speak because nope. our brains are melted. Minus 11 brain cells. Oh my goodness. It just feels like 
it's the most tiring month ever and I know people with real jobs are like shut up but uh, it really is people are like (laughs) oh oh, no you work for an hour every day but it's so intense and I also feel like I mean I kind of resent how Edinburgh dominates your whole year it feels like everything is building up to Edinburgh and then it's recovery from Edinburgh but it really is like there's no way of getting away from it yeah it's definitely the yeah you you lose years because all your your calendar year is just uh, pre-Edinburgh Edinburgh, post-Edinburgh, pre-Edinburgh, Edinburgh, post-Edinburgh. Yeah, totally. I can't remember who made the joke, but it was like, someone said, London is in England, Cardiff is in Wales, and Edinburgh is in August. That's what yeah. like, <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. But the show is amazing. I saw it. It has the most amazing finale where the choreography <laughs> slaps and it does like a callback to everything in the show. I was watching it with my friend who runs a pole dancing studio and we were just like, blah. It was so good. And it's had amazing reviews and happy days um what was the original idea for Bahuki when you started working on it okay so the original idea was that I uh, um, completely overestimate my ability and how easy pole dancing was going to be <laughs> I'd seen um so I have a friend called Susie Ling and she's a f- phenomenal person she's uh been in recovery from an eating disorder and uh she's yeah she does a, a lot of different physical activity and she's kind of been uh documenting her journey through all these different things and her recovery and um she's on ted talks on that and things that's really cool cool um and she had started doing some pole dancing and she's been putting it up online and um i was like oh that looks really fun and then you know how your algorithm figures out what you like. So then it started to show me lots of other pole dancers. And there's a pole dancing champion who's got a studio in Glasgow. Um, and so she started coming up on my mm. feed. So then I started following her. And she was she's in her 40s, right? Uh, and I just thought, and I just turned 40. I was just about to turn 40 at that point. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, you know, it's not just for people who are like in their 20s and I thought oh be amazing to like do a friend show about me learning to do pole and then I'm gonna finish with this move and like the move I don't know it probably has different names Mm -hmm. but the move that I saw was something called the Pepsi Max what is the Pepsi Max I mean I know it's so hard to describe on a podcast but (laughs) (laughs) so the Pepsi Max was like basically I think obviously named after the roller coaster Uh And so it was like you're up at the top of the pole and you do this like, um, you know, backflip, 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 and then you land on your feet. And I was like, <laughs> wouldn't it be amazing if I do like a whole show and then like, and then I finish with this. <laughs> and I'm like, because that, that looks doable in 10 months, uh, you know, for me to be able to do that. And so, yeah, I thought I would do this. And I went to the, like, have my usual meeting that I have with the Corrins in, like, October, October, November time. I think it was late October, early November. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And, like, took the video and was showing it to them. And I'm like, I'm going to do this in in my show. This is what I'm going to do. And it's all going to be about doing this, like, in doing this move. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Because, obviously, they had no idea that it was completely Uh ridiculous. (laughs) And then I was so confident that 
I, I then spoke to Susie and she put me in touch with Dan who runs ClanFit mm. and I spoke to him on the phone about it and he was like, right, okay. He's like, how like flexible are you? I said, well, I, I, I'm hypermobile. I have hypermobility. I was like, I, I mean, I did yoga when I was pregnant, but I'm not a very physical person. He's like, hmm, right, okay. <laughs> but he's like, but come and see me. And Dan, like, as I say in the show, he's like this positive, amazing person. He says, like, come and see, come and do a beginner's class. So I started a beginner's class in December and I did two sessions. But by now I've already, it's done and dusted. Like I've written the the event description. description. (laughs) I'd written, I I have signed up. I had my deals in place. There was like various other venues trying to get me to come with them. And I was like... Right, okay. So this is the show, but it's not going to be a Pepsi Max ending. And and literally then just yeah, went through the next nine months um in partnership with Dan and you know and having multiple injuries and realizing that I am like I like to boogie. I like a dance but I am not and I did already know this because I did do dance as a young person and I did do a little bit of dance in um, my late teens early 20s uh, and I'm not brilliant you know I disagree having seen the show but yeah, I'm not very good at following choreography. <laughs> um, I'm not very good. What I've realised with pole, which is really important, which you'll completely understand, is like when you're upside down and I didn't realise I just can't tell my left from my right, basically. Mm-hmm. So Dan would be like, point your left leg. And I would be like, and he'd be like, that's your right leg. Yeah. <laughs> He's yep. like, take your hand and put it behind you. They're like, what are you doing? You know, and, and I was just like, I can't actually isolate areas of my body and make them move <laughs> No, I've had this as well. I really like, I love pole choreography classes, but I have the thing where sort of about halfway through the class, I've just forgotten what the beginning sequence was. And actually a thing I like about pole is how much you can freestyle and you can kind of take it into your hands, but it's terrifying. Did you have any moments while you were working on the show where you just thought, I can't do this. Like I've got to change plan. Did you have any moments of real like doubt about being able to pull it off? Yeah, every day. Uh, and my husband was not happy about the show like he was he he was like so we have this thing that if I really want something if I have a real um like I don't know I just seem to have these things where I'm like no this is going to be great this is this is what I'm going to do and it's going to be really good and every time I've had that my husband has been like nah I don't I I think this is going to be really dangerous I think you're going to hurt yourself what happens if this what happens with that and whenever he doubts me it makes me like go oh no it's going to be really good Ah! it's going to be really good because every time you've doubted me I end up with like five star reviews and four stars oh my god yeah no for me the biggest (laughs) engine for this show is just in conversation with friends a couple of people who we're neither experts on like comedy or pole dancing went like no comedy pole dancing it's not going to work because they had in their mind that pole is like fluid and sexy and comedy is you talking about being a goblin and da, da, da. <laughs> but yeah whenever they said that it didn't matter how much pain I was in or how like frustrated I was about setup that was like fuel to the fire I was like Ugh, it's this real like obnoxious side that came yeah. out yeah it's, it's quite funny because like he's he, he's a comedy writer and he's from uh, a comedy background and he gets comedy but he could didn't figure out how the pole was going to work in it but Mm. his main thing was that he was just really like what happens if you really hurt yourself and he's like I don't mean just like a little hurt yourself I mean you could really hurt yourself and I was like yeah but I won't (laughs) I won't will I I'm not going to hurt myself it's going to be fine but then you did right yeah then I did (laughs) 
And then we had like months where he couldn't like, you know, roll over in bed without me being like, ow, like, <laughs> don't roll like that. You really hurt me. Um, yeah, did you say that you had a rib injury? I and- broke a rib. Oh my God, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I broke a rib uh, during a preview at the Glasgow, Com- uh, oh no, it wasn't the Glasgow Comedy Festival. It was, it was just a preview. It was like in the uh, end of April, I think. Um, and that was pure hubris because what happened was um, I had just that day been able to do an invert for the first time. Yeah. Probably. Oh. An invert is when you go upside down on the pole. Yeah, upside down in the pole. Yeah, and I was really pleased with myself. And so I had been at a session, a choreography session with Dan that morning, and I'd done an invert. I could only do it on my right side, not my left side. So I was baby invert, you know, and I was really excited about it. And it was a kick up invert. Mm. It was like. Uh, how you know you yeah know, you can know I just, what I'm talking about yeah but can I say that that is so impressive from someone who started pole dancing in when did you say October November December December yeah, December. yeah. I mean for some people inverting is something that doesn't happen after a year or two years of pole dancing so to just like go for it is amazing <laughs> So I think that was, I think because I had August, I was pushing myself so hard. So I'd done this invert, was doing the show, everything was going well. And, but I then realised I was, I was um, doing a double um, preview with Liam Withnail mm. and Liam was really close to the Some Laugh pod guys, right? So like Chris from MacArthur Boyd um, as well. He does a pod with him in here. Yeah. In Monkey Battle. Um, and so Chris MacArthur Boyd was there and uh, Mark Jennings. There was quite a few comedians up at the back and I was like, and the, and the material was going really well. The show was going really, really well. And I thought, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to do the end there because <laughs> they'll be like, oh my God. <laughs> so I was doing it to impress comedians, which is not, which is just the most stupid thing to do. Like never do anything to com- impress comedians because comedians are never impressed. And even if they were, they would not tell you. (laughs) And so I I, I thought, but you don't want to fuck it up. You want to make sure that you do it. And so I'm holding on to the pole, comes to the end. I've done like most of the dance and I thought, right, I'm going to finish on, which I didn't even do in the fringe. I decided not to do an invert. Mm. I did the cheaters like Mm -hmm. backwards thing. Which still looks amazing and audiences won't know. Yeah, audiences don't know. It's like, oh, it's not as impressive as going into an invert. But And this was probably from that. I learned from this incident so I went to kick up to do the invert but I knew right don't mess it up you have to get upside down and I kicked so hard that I, I oh I did go upside oh, down and I went like whoa and just the pole is like is the pole is here and I kick up and I just went no <laughs> <laughs> but I was I didn't you know yourself sometimes you injure yourself but the you don't know no nope. I knew I'd hurt myself I knew that you shouldn't hit a pole with such force I mean it slapped like people in the front row would must have been like and and I just slammed into the pole but I, I finished and I did like like the kind of Jesus like the crucifix crucifix upside down crucifix <laughs> Came down, finished, went backstage. I was taking the pole down and everything, which because Liam was coming up next. And it wasn't until I was sitting at the back watching Liam that I was like, "Oh no, I've actually really hurt myself here." No. And so yeah, and I kind of, I mean, I've broken ribs before, and that's really why I broke it was because it was a rib that I'd already broken years ago, and it's obviously weak. So yeah, so I fractured it, um, and I'd also already, I'd already torn my intercostal muscles on the opposite side. I can't. 
So at the same time, I had a broken rib on my left side and tore my intercostal and torn intercostal muscles on my right side. So there was like through the whole of April, May, and the start of June, I, I couldn't. I really could only do floor work. I could mm. really only do. Well, and with a few months to go to the fringe, you yeah. couldn't do then the key I, stuff. I couldn't do the key stuff. I could do bits and bobs. I could do. I built up to being able to do like chair sets and and climbs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even climb for about four weeks I couldn't climb oh my god so I could climb with my legs but Dan basically had to shift my bum up <laughs> like, I'll just shove your bum up right? it's fine so yeah so never try and show off to comedians I want to pin that because something you said of like <laughs> Even if comedians are impressed, they won't show it. I've been thinking a lot about um, the kind of culture clash between comedy world and poll world and how, obviously, you know, there's no one-size-fits-all version of both. But um, something I found, like, honestly a little bit overwhelming from entering kind of poll studio world is how verbally supportive everyone is and how I think when you're in comedy, you just get used to... um, I'm trying to put it into words and not doing it very well. but (laughs) Jealousy? um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jealousy. There is a kind of... Okay, this is gonna come out really lazily but I think there is a bit of a kind of doomy vibe in a lot of comedy like it's such a cliche right that the comedians are the kind of depressives who kind of do this but it's more a kind of culture thing of not really being very um visibly enthusiastic about stuff I don't know it's not cool is it like no the comedians like my kind of take on it and I kind of touched on this in the show is like comedians are not cool people there are very few cool comedians like maybe like Emmanuel Sonobi he looks like he's been cool his entire life. There's some cool comedians, but most comedians are the bullied, geeky kids at school. And so we don't really know how to be cool. Yeah. And then internally, we're all trying to be cool. And so being enthusiastic about something is, is like, we've learned that's not cool. Yeah, completely. And it feels a bit like, oh, that's like theatre kid energy. Yeah. And um, I think it's also, it's such a weird mix. I don't know if you found this in performance, but um, I feel like Catherine Ryan can do it. But watching a comedian go on and on and on about how great their life is generally isn't very funny and it's also not relatable i feel yeah. like a lot of comedy is about failure and is about yeah like struggling and being uncool and like awkwardness in social situations it's a massive generalization but i feel like someone coming up on stage and trying to impress you with how well things are going is a little bit outside the world of comedy but then if you introduce paul like the choreography that you do at the end is so banging <laughs> there's like that's a real culture clash right and then bring this other art form which it is impressive like it looks cool it's a weird like mix of those things yeah I don't know I've been thinking about it a lot because I feel like pole has really given me a bit of a almost like a, a safety cushion around comedy because it's so supportive it's so enthusiastic it's so encouraging and you can kind of parkle your self-consciousness for a while about even comedians saying like well done to each other after a gig is a bit unusual you know there's this real kind of like reluctance to show anything <laughs> whereas all the pole people like as soon as you get a spin or an invert you know the room just explodes yeah. with applause yeah, yeah. It's amazing because obviously because I've come to pole just in the last year, I've never been to like a pole show. Um, I've seen them like uh, and um, I will be going to some like Dan's like, oh, maybe you could host some for us and things. Amazing. Very excited about that. But Dan was like saying, oh, you know, you only have to touch the pole and people are losing their minds. And and I could tell whenever this month, whenever there were pole people in, there was pole people in loads. I was so happy. There were so many times and you could tell straight away because as soon as like I would talk about Paul or talk about how supportive the community is you were like people clicking yeah. and like the night that 
Dan came, my instructor came, and he brought a kind of posse of pole mm. people from the classes that I've been doing, so all people that I knew. And I didn't know they said to me they weren't going to tell me when they came in. As soon as I hit the stage, I knew they were in. Yeah. <laughs> like, they absolutely lost their minds. It was the day that my mum and dad were in. Perfect. And my mum and dad were just so happy. They were like, oh, it was the energy was amazing. And my mum got to meet Dan, and she was just thought he was brilliant, and because he is. And so that was like the second Saturday. And when I did the the choreography at the end like I don't know what the rest of the audience thought they were because all I could hear was them just being like yes <laughs> screaming clicking cheering the conga line was insane in the way out of course <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and it is so supportive and I I mean I probably have to give a little shout out to the Scottish comedy community after doing them down there because they are so supportive like I've had so much support um with this show and so much feedback and really good like particularly the male comics be like well I don't I didn't really like to watch the poll bit right because it's very funny but also you're in your pants Jane it's yeah. giving me like weird vibes and I'm like okay oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of like really nice kind of pickups and and um oh maybe try this and uh which is lovely because the Scottish comedy community is pretty awesome yeah I mean completely um despite <laughs> slamming the comedy yeah. community for being like misanthropic gremlins like yeah. we enjoy that though yeah, yeah totally <laughs> on that what skills as a stand-up comedian do you think that you brought into pole dancing apart from delusional self-confidence yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots of that I suppose the biggest one is like the thing that I love doing most other than Edinburgh shows I love having an hour I love hosting mm. um and I come from an improv background originally and so I suppose the thing that I don't worry about with pole is that if it goes wrong because there is always something that you can do to make it go right mm. you know like it's that thing when I'm hosting shows so sometimes people will say to me oh that they're starting to host and do I have any tips or anything for them and I'm like the thing about hosting is just not to panic it's just to keep going until you hit something mm. and to have the confidence to just keep talking to that person because something you've got a funny brain eventually even if they're the dullest accountant in the world you will find something and I suppose I've brought that to Paul in that like even if it doesn't feel like it's working just to keep going because eventually you will hit the gold yeah and you will hit something that works for your body or something that you know um yeah you can do so like I, there's lots of contortiony type things that I just don't have the flexibility for yet but there was other things that I could do really quite easily like mm. um or I found them through failing like yeah. so I couldn't do this and Dan would go oh but you're actually doing a and then name something and I'm like oh great let's put it in <laughs> yeah a hundred percent yeah it's good that's so interesting in terms of again the kind of I've been on this process for, for a while of having kind of one foot in pole world and one foot in comedy world and I would love to bring the best of both together I felt in the lead up to the fringe I was really feeling like the worst of both like smashing together <laughs> but um yeah the kind of flexibility I think you get from comedy is such a nice introduction to pole world I did a competition in March and I really enjoyed it. It was such a good experience, but I felt like some things about how a poll routine is scored could feel quite rigid. There was a sense of like, oh yeah, no, but go through these things and da 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 da. Um, 
And I was in the comedy category, which was just good vibes and jokes as well. And I felt like what you can bring to that as a comic of like, yeah, well, you know, kind of freestyle your way through this and also working with the audience and what the audience are giving you instead of your predefined plan. Yeah, is a different skill set that's quite fun to then bring into a more sort of like structured environment. Poll competitions are different from other poll spaces as well. Oh my God, I just want to tell you, I did a, um, so I hosted a poll studio showcase. It was on Zoom. It was my friend Arlene's. Um, she used to run a studio in Ireland and yeah, we'd like met over Instagram and she asked if I could like MC the competition, the showcase. And I was really excited to do it because I hadn't really been in like, that many poll spaces, but I thought, yeah, I've done loads of MCing. It'll be fine. I was overwhelmed from how noisy the audience were. And this was on Zoom, but yeah, <laughs> like what you described with immediately being able to spot at the live show where the pole dancers are. It's a completely different set of behavior from a comedy audience. Like they come in wanting to make noise yeah. at everything you do. And I kind of, honestly, I was a little bit shell-shocked. I kind of like... <laughs> I felt like I just kind of crashed into the back of my seat because people were so there to make noise. And also there was a gender split of, it was mainly the girls, the gays and the days, like a very like femme and like queer audience. And they were just going for it. And like anything a little bit sexy, they were just like, yes! And then there were a few kind of like nervous men in the background going like, is it allowed? <laughs> Can I, is it okay? Um, but yeah, it was very sweet. Okay, so same question, but the other way around. Are there things from pole dancing, having been doing it for a year now, that you feel you're introducing into stand-up comedy? Yeah, probably a little bit more structure. Mm-hmm. One of my big things that I wanted to do this year with my shows, so, you know, it's like my, oh God, like 14th Edinburgh, but um, it's only like my seventh solo because I, I, I worked full time um, previously. And so I could never do Edinburgh. And then when I gave up and gave up work and um and became a full-time stand-up, I actually did a lot of production. I did a lot of theatre production during the fringe as well. So I kind of came to I'd been going for 14 years before I did my first hour. Mm. Um, which was a bit mad. But anyway, and I always I've always had um really lovely feedback from my fringe shows. You know, some have done better than others, but one of the main things that always I see as a criticism, I don't know, like you should never base decisions around critics but we all kind of do because they get into our heads yep (laughs) and one of the things that I always had feedback from in Edinburgh was all like she spends a a long time at the start comparing and you know talking to the audience and we know she's really good at that you know she's one of those you know award-winning compare blah 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 we want to see something else from her and so I thought I really want to actually try and do an Edinburgh show and force myself not to find out where everybody's from at the start. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and I managed it. I didn't manage it as much as I thought I would because I still had a little bit at the start where I spoke to the audience. I love that as well. And it also, it felt like, I mean, I guess I understand now having talked to you about how much like hosting, it's like really playing to your strengths at the beginning. And why wouldn't you do that? Like, yeah. why wouldn't you show people what's going on? But it, it felt like such a like, oh, we're in a stand-up show. Like, I really enjoyed that bit. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Because um, I really wrestled with it. it was one of those things and it is stupid because now particularly the critic that has said that still I mean I moved him up a half star this year (laughs) (laughs) this stuff gets lodged in your brain I got a review from the list in 2018 that said inconveniences an audience member to no payoff whatsoever and I kind of went like hmm goals (laughs) yeah yeah so you do you you start oh this wasn't for stand-up but a quote from a um, theatre piece that I did at one point said and it was totally fair it said um she mistakes 
uh, volume for pathos. Oh my god! Oh, the knife. We stick in the knife. We twist the knife. <laughs> to be fair, I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, I always did, and particularly with, um, I did a show um, in 2019, which was about um, my fertility issues, and and it was very it it kind of related to on who was in the room at the time because it was about luck, right? And it was about how we feel about luck mm. and um, and the psychology around luck. And then the st- it was a statistical analysis, a mathematical analysis on the statistics of winning the lottery versus the statistics of getting pregnant over the age of 35 with wow. the issues that I had, right? So we had both of these things. So I had to talk to the audience a lot because they were a big part of the show and a lot of the callbacks would change every day relating on what they had told me it it, it did really well it got made into a radio show like it did brilliantly but still stuck in my head was all the like I had two or three feedbacks of like oh you know it's a lot of comparing and to this year I feel like the structure of poll has helped me structure the show in a different way but also has helped me to go no you do that thing to get to this thing which is what the show is about Mm. so it's given me more of a confidence of going no I know what I'm doing and actually you as a critic don't tell me to move something up the list of like oh this um piece should have been earlier in the show because mm-hmm. you have no concept of what i'm doing i know what i'm doing can we go into the detail of what you mean there with like this thing leads up to the next thing is it sort of you know what block of material is leading to the next thing or is it more a sense of like no 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 my process is this or what was uh, it for in relation to this show yeah, that I yeah, just yeah, done yeah. so I think uh uh, yeah, so the structure of the show was very much around the development of the poll. Mm. So I told stories of, you know, it was very much leading up to can she or can't she do this at mm. the end? And I wanted to build that tension and I built it from the beginning. And when I was going through preview, a lot of feedback from other comics who are not poll dancers was like, well, you don't really touch the poll a lot. You don't do a lot on the poll. It feels like it's kind of just there and want to see it earlier in the show, um, which is fine to get from comics because, you know, they're they're trying to help you yeah yeah but I was quite adamant that actually the structure of the show was the structure of the experience that I had Mm. so it was very much oh I think I'm going to go in and I'm going to be amazing and then that's not happening and having to like basically take baby steps um, and having setbacks Mm. and then you know then relearning things that you'd already mastered because now you can't do it because you've got a broken rib Um, so you're you know you kind of relearn it in a different way and you work you have you have workarounds and Mm. I wanted to have that all in the show and I wanted to have the workarounds in the show yeah um and so I did touch the pole a couple of times and I used the pole um for different levels and things like that but I wanted very much the end to be like is this going to be dreadful yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah which it isn't (laughs) thank you yeah I love that when um the end sorry for spoilers but when the end routine happens which has a call back to everything in the show me and my friend who were watching it we were just like oh comedy (laughs) (laughs) also a a really interesting moment of so I've been really curious about mixing things that are very technical about comedy like callbacks I was like Mm. how do you do a callback on a poll or like how do you do a poll joke like really just sort of isolating the 
very kind of just technique things about stand up and meshing them with pole as in like can this medium like carry the other one like I've been kind of playing around with I think that what people assume kind of pole comedy would be is quite clowny it's like oh doing pole dancing badly you know yeah. um, or the thing of I think the other people assume of like fighting the kind of sexiness of pole of it's like oh it's just someone really unsexy doing pole dancing and I really liked how in that final section you kind of embraced the fact that pole is pole it was like you're in the underwear which looks banging and then there's a series of callbacks but it kind of wasn't fighting the medium it was making the medium like carry the comedy instead of it being a kind of collision I'm just kind of fangirling about the show now but I really loved it (laughs) thank you no it was yeah it was so much fun to put together and I had a brilliant conversation pretty early on in the journey with Daisy Earl um who's a fantastic hilarious um stand-up and and character comic and she does lots of voices and she puts herself in yeah lots of she's she's great i love her yeah and it was daisy we were sitting backstage having a few drinks uh, at the stand in edinburgh and she said to me oh my god you have to do this and at the same time my husband who was also there having a few drinks he was like i just hate this idea so much and she's like i think it's amazing <laughs> i think it's brilliant she's like and it just has to be so funny she's like but you can't be too sexy because you know and she daisy always has a thing she's like you look like you and i'm like oh, oh. <laughs> weird but she's always been like we've been friends for decades and like she's yeah so she's like you look like the way you look and she's like and so some women will not like that that you look like that and she's like so you have to show them that you know this is about you being funny as well as like and and she went like you have to have a you have to put a helmet on and so that her idea the helmet came from her and and she came to see a preview and she was so happy that the helmet was there she's like the helmet's in and I was like yeah I don't quite understand that what was the thing of like the you look like you like looking sexy what what was that was it a sort of sense of a fear of like no but if you're on stage looking sexy that's going to put people off it being comedy so yeah I think it's it's such a weird thing as a female comic Mm. I think it is one of those things and I've done this since I was 21 um and so I've kind of aged out of some of the issues that I had when I was younger so and particularly also comedy has changed and women have changed and we've developed and we've grown but I used to have a thing where I would go on stage when I was 21 22 and it was like the early noughties right so it was lots of tight 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 trousers and what do you call it like the crop top things no like basques basques were really in yeah I used to wear what I would wear on a night out with my pals, right? So I would go on stage with like tight jeans on and basques and and I had so many, not just from audience, but from critics as well, where I would have the first, you know, five lines of any sort of critique was about what I was wearing and what how I looked. And, you know, like I had an angel face killer with barbed lines, I think was one of my quotes that I used. I used it all the time because yeah. like it was a great quote for me at that time. Yeah, so it's just all this like stuff about, yeah, the way I looked. And then actually, you know, this, sh- this show is a lot about my body image and how I feel about my body and how I feel about aging and I went through a whole load of stuff when I went through IVF where like I got cystic acne from drugs that I was taking and my hair fell out um, and then you get pregnant and your body changes and so you have all this different relationship with being a woman who has been and I, this is not it sounds such a weird thing to say without being like oh I'm like I'm gorgeous <laughs> like, I don't no, but, think, but yeah. it's like that thing of I've always had people comment on the way that I look and comment on you know the changes of the way that I look as well so I think there was that fear of doing a show where I was really bringing attention to that by Mm. doing pole which people really associate with sexiness yeah 
and being hot. I've never thought I was sexy. I've never thought I was hot. Um, I've always felt quite awkward in my body. Yeah. This is how people become comedians. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a little bit about embracing all of that. And, and also I've become, so now I used to go out on stage, sorry, when I was 21. And like, if there was young women my age or maybe just a bit older and they would sit and they would like fold their arms and like, oh, who does she think she mm. is? I don't get that now. I get lots of, I have a good fan base of very young women, which is, I'm really proud of. Like I'm really privileged. I I think it's great, Mm. but I'm also older and I'm not a threat anymore. And, you know, I spoke about it in the show about the patriarchy and women, you know, if I get criticised by a woman, I want to fight her. Like that whole line is true because we have been pitched against each other, even in comedy, the females. And I, I really make a big effort now to make sure that that doesn't happen. There are some amazing, and female comedians who have supported me Joe Caulfield, Susan Morrison, Janie Godley <clears throat> these people have been and Jojo Caulfield eh, sorry Jojo Sutherland have been amazing to me but I've also had really negative experiences with women in comedy eh, in my early career mm. really negative experiences now whenever I see young um, women or just anybody but particularly young women coming in I want to make sure that I'm not that person for mm. them that I am a person that they can trust in a person that they can yeah feel like has got their back yeah it's a wild one that like I had a um, so in an earlier version of my show I had a bit about kind of the anxiety of bringing pole dancing into comedy and a worry of like am I letting down other female comics by doing this because women have had to fight for stage time without taking our clothes off like mm-hmm. why am I rubbing up and down this big phallic object in a bikini <laughs> you yeah. know and also a sense of like being a bit aware of looking sexy or looking hot whatever has kind of current in capitalism and it's the thing of like well what are people buying do they want to like look at an attractive woman for an hour or do they want to hear what you're saying and feeling like just a bit sort of like aware of those things and then also wanting to just not think about it and be like yeah just not preoccupied with like what you look like or how you present um and um i think yeah we talked about this before the sort of um internalized misogyny and like we all live under patriarchy so you can't give yourself a hard time for like being aware of those dynamics and like you're saying i I kind of i feel like a the critical mass of number of female comics now has changed that right yeah. it's not like a kind of oh pick me please like let me be with the boys it's like no, no 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 the structure of this industry is like i'm always surprised when people um say like oh i saw loads of female comics this year as if that's a new thing because a lot of my friends are comedians and a lot of those people happen to be female so my impression of stand-up is like it's hilarious babes having fun <laughs> like this, yeah. that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing but yeah i kind of felt a bit aware of it in the show if i was kind of like oh god am i really feminism backwards a little bit by doing this um to be honest i stopped caring about that because there were just too many other things on my mind i was like (laughs) i'm worried about the parking now guys like and whether the pole's gonna fit i don't have time to like agonize over that but um yeah it's weird to be kind of aware of those dynamics also i don't know if you had this but i was very adamant with this show that I wanted it to be a comedy show that happens to include pole dancing. I didn't want it to be like a cabaret show or a burlesque show because I think that's a different set of expectations with the audience. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, if people like compliment you on your appearance or whatever, like I was like, well, I'm not going to complain about that. Like, I love praise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I kind of felt a bit like aware of being a bit territorial about like, no, no, no. I need this to stand on its own as a comedy show. It happens to be delivered by someone who's going to be not wearing a lot and there's this sexy pole dancing. But yeah, I don't know. I I realized I was feeling quite defensive about it being like, no, 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 I really want this to be seen as a comedy show that happens to include this other thing. 
Well, I 100% agree. And like you went for a, a decision that I agonized over for ages, which was I didn't have the poll on my poster. Mm, ah, you really? had the poll on your poster. Yeah. And the other act that had pole dancing, comedy, although I think it was more theatre, they had the poll in their poster. Yeah. And obviously I didn't know that um, when I was making my decision, but I agonized for a long time about whether or not <clears throat> to have the poll on the poster. And I ultimately decided not to. Mm. And I think there's that- a tease there, right? Because the, the, the t shirt says, point your fucking toes point your fucking toes so any pole dancer will be like oh yeah it's a pole show it's a pole show yeah, yeah. so that's what I decided to go with I was like uh, so people who know will know yeah and people who don't won't and it'll just look like I'm doing some sort of fitness thing mm. and obviously my shows I always name after Scottish words so people like a lot of people who are not Scottish don't even just think it's a, a made up word yeah <laughs> so um, this is the show was called Bahuki which is Scottish for bum um, <laughs> yeah I, I made that decision and we agonised over it and I, I chatted to Dan the, the choreographer I, I chatted to um, the photographer Trudy Stade Tom Stade's partner who does so many amazing photos um, mm. and and the thing the reason I mentioned that she's Tom Stade's partner it's not because I think it's important she's somebody's wife but it's because she gets comedy right yeah. so she understands like because um, she's been around comedy f- for decades mm. And, and also and strong females and so yeah her and I had huge amount of conversations about how we were going to make it look and like how we could get around not having a pole in it yeah so then I did that and then I had some pole shots taken that um by a guy called Rod Penn who specialized in is in kind of um, burlesque and and all that sort of photography and he was doing some pole shots for people in Clanfit and I just thought oh, I'll just get a couple taken then if somebody wants to do anything about the pole then at least I have these yeah it's been a really nice mix actually because w- people would come to the show and I and I knew because I could see them coming in and being like why is there a giant pole on yeah, the stage yeah interesting and then other people coming in being like yes we're gonna see some pole like, yeah. yeah that's so interesting yeah so I guess kind of like there will have been people because and also because they're familiar with you as a stand-up mm. comic right who kind of I guess is it fair to say like they're lured in under false pretenses yeah. like they're not gonna know they're not gonna know <laughs> and like my husband said that like because he was going you've got a fan base who come to see you every fringe mm. and I also because I do a lot of writing and performing for breaking the news and I'm like uh, do a lot of BBC Radio Scotland that's a much older demographic mm. so my shows are always really funny because they I have a, a big kind of young following through being a host and hosting a lot of things um so there's like you know the people that come to comedy clubs a lot this you know every week um and they tend to be on the younger demographic so there'll be loads of those people and then people 60 plus yeah <laughs> and and gear was like uh you probably don't want to like put them off coming they you want them to know that you're still you and the show is still a show that you would put together mm, yeah which i think is really important when yeah. you think about the comedy because it was still very much my brand it was my brand of comedy it just happened to be about pole dancing yeah it's so interesting the kind of thinking of the visuals with that i'm really anal in like the photography that i use there's always a pole I guess because I'm kind of setting things out and I was like I'm the pole comic <laughs> like this comes with it but I'm really anal about the fact that I'm always holding a microphone in the other hand and it's because um I remember when Fern Brady like when I first saw her she would used to open her sets with I know what you're all thinking why is the stripper talking mm-hmm. and I was fascinated by that thing of like oh you can either be a talker or a dancer people have this idea and I wanted to I spent so much time in the preparation of this show figuring out how to do pole moves while holding the microphone as well because mm-hmm. I kind of just wanted to smash that and it's part of a larger feminist thing of like you know women can be seen but not heard or also that thing of oh but if you're watching someone dancing that's all she gets to say like I wanted 
to go, no, 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 that person is thinking about childcare. That person is thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah it yeah. just has all of these other like concerns. What you're seeing is maybe one facet of it, but I wanted to kind of go behind and sort of see what happens. But yeah, it's so it's such a like delicate thing getting the marketing of that right. Because I think a lot of people were probably not been put off exactly, but will have been a bit kind of like, oh, 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 this might be a bit, might be a bit risque because yeah. there is a poll in the show. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm, yeah, annoying about making sure that it's like, no, 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 there's a microphone in my hand because it's bringing those things together. Yeah. And if you don't like it, tough. Go see something else. There's something for everyone. Exactly. Your poster was oh, off the chart. Aww. Like, I loved it. I thought Thanks. it was absolutely beautiful and and just, yeah, so colourful. And yeah, I loved it. And I think, like, that's one of the things that my shows have always been quite autobiographical. Mm. Like, they've always been... And they've always had the point. Like, I've, I've done shows about um, my fertility issues. I've done shows about uh, sexual assault. I've done, you know, all these types of things. And this show, I wanted it just to be really joyful because yeah. I just felt like the last few years of life have been very difficult for everybody and then it doesn't look like it's easing up in no. any way shape or form <laughs> and I think if you come in and you're spending you know 14 quid coming to a show I want to I want you to leave happy yeah um and you know and and having been entertained yeah and it was such a again another thing that my partner was like oh I hate the idea of this conga line I only put that in very very late like the week before and I was like I think I'm gonna conga them out I think I think we're gonna conga out I think I'm gonna do the call back to the conga at the very end and he was like no don't do that and it was like the best decision yep. because I got so many ticket sales from people who were outside waiting for another show to come in and then being like what's that yeah because everybody was coming in like yeah you're like this show was like they literally congered out of the room I'm yeah. obviously gonna have a good time yeah for yeah. sure yeah so it was good and people like high-fiving what was really <clears throat> funny about the conga was like I'd conga them out um so I'd conga probably the first row out and then I would go back and I'd be like high-fiving people who were coming out and being like conga yay as they were all coming out um but then like if one person hugged you because it was a conga Everybody then decided, oh, we've all to hug you. So I'd be like standing, <laughs> hugging like a million people. And like the act behind me, I've already overran and they're trying to get in. And I'm like, oh, they, oh, no. they hate me because I am hugging every audience member on the way out because I am a needy comic. <laughs> Amazing. So I saw it with uh, my friend Jess, who runs a pole dancing studio. And we talk about climate change, like everything, you know, the sort yeah. of sense of, oh, God things are hard for people and they're just getting worse and Paul is such a place of like respite from that like yeah. it's it's hard to like obviously it's bruising and sometimes I think in Paul if you feel like you know you went to a class you didn't get everything you can be a bit like in your head about it but it's hard to do pole dancing and not feel joyful and I loved how like we both did like your show really summarized that about Paul of <laughs> yeah that thing of like the journey as well and it being like oh no I didn't get into this immediately and be able to do like you know a rainbow marchenko or a pepsi max <laughs> or like a jade or whatever you're like oh no 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 I had to be humbled and kind of yeah. like start from the beginning <laughs> but also how that bit is so much fun and um yeah that kind of like journey that you have with yourself of like oh I can do this as well yeah it was great it kind of honestly it summarized like everything I love about pole dancing oh, it's so nice oh I'm so glad a hundred percent and I'm sure pole dancers would say the same thing so just a plug like definitely go see it if you can on tour because it's oh. such a brilliant hour like I had such a Thank good you. time <laughs> 
what is next for you after this Edinburgh? Um, so I have the next few days off and then I start back just to the clubs at the weekend. Um, and yes, I'll be doing that. And then I'm doing this um, Gilded Balloon tour with uh, Maisie and Kitty um, and lots of other fab comics are involved in that too. I'm hopefully going to be on tour with Bahuki in after Christmas. I think. Yay! <laughs> Glasgow Comedy Festival. I've no idea what uh, next August will hold. <laughs> we shall see. I might bring something. I kind of feel like there's more poll show to come. That's exciting. But I don't know what it will be. And I don't know if it will be next year or we'll mm. have to see. <laughs> and where can people find you online and on social media? So on social media, I mainly use Instagram. I have to be honest. I dislike X. Yeah. It's um, gross. Yeah. It's run it, by fascists as yeah. well now. Yeah. I do have one, but it's been locked down for years. So people have to request like to, to see me. <laughs> um, so I am on there. I'm, all my socials are at JJ Laugh. So J-A-Y-J-A-Y-L-E-F-F-S. Um, but yeah, Instagram um, and oh, I'm trying threads. Oh yeah. I don't know. How, did everybody forget about it during the fringe? Yeah. It felt like it it felt like it just disappeared during the fringe. So mm-hmm. I didn't really do much on that. I have a couple of things on TikTok, but I'm terrible because I am a, a mum to a very active little boy and editing video takes so much bloody time. Yep. Um and I'm too much of a narcissist <laughs> to do live. So <laughs> I'm like well, it looked dreadful. Um, I did a few lives during Fringe when I was like walking back from massage therapy and uh, they got so many like views. I was like, oh God. <laughs> um, oh, so, now it's the real me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so um, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm in London in October. So yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Follow Jay on Instagram. Go see her live. And yeah, go see Bahuki if you can. I loved Yay. it. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Cheers. <laughs> Pull the Other One was created by me, Shandoxy, edited by Alice Rosenthal, with original music by Amelia Baylor. If you're enjoying the show and would like to help us keep making it, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash one, and find us on Instagram at one. I keep forgetting to say this, but do do it. If this episode has inspired you to take a poll class or do a performance or just drunkenly hang off the bus handrail, do tag us and we will accept all liability for public disruptions. No, we won't, but just want to see it. Thanks for listening and see you next time.